everyone and welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host as always, Erin Pym. And if you're a new listener here at the Bedpost Podcast, what I like to do is bring fun and sexy guests here into the studio to have an in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. And before I get to my super fantastic guest for today, I do want to just direct you towards my Patreon. That's how I make my money, honey. So uh, what you're getting at the Patreon is little mini solo episodes from me about my pro-doming life and about my personal life as a polyamorous gal. You are getting uh, erotica that I have written and I am recording just for your Patreon ears. Uh, You're getting cool fetish content. There's like photo sets up there. There's uh, videos uh, of the highest quality. So if any of that interests you, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. Without further ado, I have a real amazing guest here today. Um, He's been on the uh, stage show a few times, going to be on the stage show uh, coming up. This is the curator, artistic director of Boylesque T.O., that's Toronto's all-male burlesque troupe, a world-traveling burlesker. This is such an honor, quite honestly. Please welcome to the mic, James and the Giant Pasty. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for having me here. Oh, um, it is my absolute (laughs) pleasure to have you here. Okay, you just had a super fun weekend. You travel a lot doing what you do. I am on the road almost six months a year, traveling and touring with multiple groups or on my own for performances. Uh, That's how I make my money. Yes, that's amazing. Um, Why don't we... I, I would love to start, because I actually don't know this about you either, like how this whole thing got started for you, how you first even found out about burlesque, (coughs) let alone knowing that you wanted to get involved in doing this. Uh, So that's a pretty cool story, actually. I was a young, pretty naive 15-year-old, as we all are, (laughs) as we all are. Um, But, um, you know, coming from... I don't want to, you know, I don't want to call out my parents, but, you know, know, they have their own conservative values. Sure. And I had this kind of crazy uncle uh, who had... Not to call out my uncle. <laughs> no, no. no he would, yeah, I think he would approve of this message. Crazy in comparison, you know, just then he worked in the arts. He was, you know, a little bit more adventurous than my parents. And he'd gone to school at NYU and was going back to New York for a visit. And he said, hey, why don't you, like, send your nephew uh, to New York for a weekend? I'll hang out with him. It'll be, like, a cool family bonding moment. Nice. Um... And so I went up to New York for the weekend with my uncle, and he's, you know, trying to... I had never really spent that much time in New York before trying to show me all these cool things to do. And one of the things that he did was he um, saw this burlesque show advertised in Time Out magazine happening on Coney Island. Mm-hmm. 
and he took me, a 15-year-old who could not legally get into bars, into... Uh, <laughs> to see strippers. <laughs> to see strippers, it's, which is exactly the thing that I encourage you to do if you're an uncle uh, with your niece or nephew. Yeah, no. be, be a fun uncle, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Be a funkle. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, like, as a 15-year-old, uh, like, mind, like... You know, like what I, was the, what was the show like? What do you remember from that show? I mean, it's funny because I think I probably know some of these performers these days, but back then nice. I didn't know any of them, and it was just like weird and like overtly sexual in a way that was like positive and like public that I had never seen before. Yeah. Um, obviously, like naked in many respects. <laughs> in um, many respects, like. <laughs> Well, not like full stripper stripper nudity, but like you know, like you know, burlesque burlesque style nudity. Um, yeah. And for a fifteen year old to see that was probably pretty pretty shocking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like um, obviously like body positive as well, bodies of all types, uh, which nice. again, you know, just not not used to seeing those types of bodies sexualized. Yeah, um, we're used to well, like at that age, you you know what you see in movies, which is you know thin white fit. Yeah. Big, big boobed, you know, abbed to the gods people. I, I didn't know anything. I had no concept. I was 15 years old. All I knew was the media I saw around me. Yeah. Um, it was political, too, Ooh. which was, like, awesome. Um, and it was just, like, dirty and fun and, like, celebrated those things. And I was so into it. Amazing. Did your... Would your uncle have to say about it? <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't honestly, uh, remember. I mean, he thought it was cool and he thought it was, you know, cool that obviously I could get into the bar. Then I was like a tall kid, even at 15. So okay. So me. you were underage and getting into a <clears throat> space you shouldn't have been in. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't, I don't even know. I mean, like I look back at this and I'm like, wow, this was like this great New York weekend. And we somehow ended up at this, like, we like met someone in Coney Island and ended up at this loft party back in oh Manhattan God. somehow later in the night. I was like, what, what even happened here? Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, now I have nights like that, but looking back at 15, I was like, my uncle took me on this, like... <laughs> Psychedelic journey. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And then, okay, after seeing that show, and then what, at 15? So, I mean, that just, that sat there in my mind as, like, a, a little placeholder for a while. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, when I was of an age where I could go to bars and, and drink and do those things, um, I started to go see burlesque shows myself, because yeah. I, like... Here in Toronto? Are you from uh, Toronto? I am not. I was born here in Toronto. My family moved down to the States when I was really young. Um, and then I moved back here for university. Okay. Uh, so this was, uh, uh, I think, the first uh, burlesque show. Although I didn't really start seeing burlesque shows till I came uh, back to Toronto for university, because that also like corresponded roughly with, again, me being of age to <laughs> go out and see things <laughs> yes. at bars. Um, uh so I remember uh, seeing uh, you know, some burlesque shows here in Toronto. They had the Spiegel tent uh, with Lake Hoquette back in the day. Um, they had... Um, uh, I went on a study abroad to, uh, like... Oxford for one semester, and I like uh, went up to the Edmonton Fringe during er, during that not the not the Edmonton the Edinburgh Fringe during yeah. that, and uh, you know uh, saw this amazing burlesque show there, um, and I was still just like oh this is really cool I really like this but I didn't um, <laughs> I didn't have any sense of what that meant for me yeah. at the time. And in these shows you were seeing up until this point, were you seeing men on stage? By and large, no. Um, you know, I think you might see 
the very occasional. Yeah. Or like the MC sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of, it was kind of not dissimilar to like the way burlesque was back in like the olden day where you had like, you know, the MC might be a comedian, a male comedian, yeah, exactly. but the performers were by and large women. Gotcha. Um, uh, and there were exceptions to that both in the olden day and when I was seeing it, but you know, at most there would be like one guy or male or mask presenting person in a show at most. Mm -hmm. So, okay, from there, so in university, so you're doing this just kind of socially, just kind of, yeah. just for the fun of seeing shows? Yeah. When did this idea form for you that I could do this, or I want to do this, or whatever? So this is uh, another sort of, like, story, like, slash pivotal moment in my life. Um, <clears throat> I was going to see this burlesque show here in Toronto at the Gladstone Hotel, mm-hmm. circa... 2007 mm-hmm. and I am walking down Gladstone Avenue uh, like to go meet my friend in front of the venue and to uh, you know get our tickets go into the show yeah. see the show <clears throat> out of the side door of this venue pops this uh, drag queen mm-hmm. um, and just to give you a picture of the drag queen like regular height six foot four plus <laughs> heels plus eight yeah plus wig yes. yeah so there's, there's like a lot of height there and um <laughs> also they're in this uh the event was a like a tiki tees summer event so they're in uh they're wearing a uh, t-shirt with a picture of a woman's body in a bikini on it i'm sure you've seen those yes and yes. like it comes down to like mid thigh and there's nothing else i mean nothing underneath so if like they raise their hands like the whole world gets like a peak of woo whatever's like swinging down there <laughs> Um, she was not tucked. <laughs> no, there was no tucking there. Um, this drag queen is a little bit infamous for that <laughs> here in Toronto uh, back in the day. Uh, uh, and uh, as I am walking uh, down the side of the venue, out pops this drag queen and they yell at me. They say, hey there, tight pants. Um, I did have a habit of wearing tight pants. Um, Come through, tight pants. <laughs> Come through, tight pants. Yeah, the... The skinny jean trend in uh, 2007 started my started my career in burlesque, oh, basically. Nice. Um, and yeah, you know, they may or may not have been hitting on me. But, um, <laughs> you uh, know, may, probably. But the way this went down is uh, that they were, you know, they they you know yell out, "Hey, they're tight pants," and. Uh, I like kind of look at them and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm just like, I'm like, Hey, I'm, they're obviously part of the show. I'm like, Hey, I'm coming to see your show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's like, doy. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, we end up chatting and in, you know, in spite of like the clear hitting on me, he actually ends up being like the super lovely guy um uh, very friendly very chatty very nice and um he walks me around the front of the venue gets me and my friend in for free oh, yes. gets us uh thanks tight pants <laughs> right um <laughs> thanks gets jagging a- <laughs> <laughs> um gets us like free like front row cabaret seats like uh free drink tickets and i'm like wow this is this is fantastic um and um i guess we're we're sitting we're watching the show um this uh drag queen that i had met outside keith cole i guess shout out to keith cole if you ever end up listening to this (laughs) i do tell this story a lot um (laughs) is hosting the show and they're doing a great job and we're having a great time and the first half finishes and the Second half goes on, and in the second half, uh, the drag queen, uh, Keith Cole, says, all right, folks, we have this, like, 
great second half for all of you. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to my friend, and I'm omitting my real name here, but you know, I didn't <laughs> I didn't have my burlesque name at the time. So my friend, let's call me Dave for now. We'll great, call me Dave. Great. <laughs> um, my good friend Dave. My good friend here Dave. In the, in the cabaret seats, right? So uh, uh, Dave, come on up on stage. Oh, God. So everyone meet Dave. Dave and I are like old friends. We met like an hour and a half ago. And Dave, like Dave wears really tight pants, turn around and the other tight pants are a theme. They keep coming back in this story. Um, Turn around and show them your tight pants. And, you know, he's sort of like got me by the hand a little bit, like in a a friendly, but also kind of like a way. Uh, And he's like, all right, folks, uh, my friend Dave told me that uh, they wanted to do an impromptu burlesque routine for all of you. <laughs> what a bitch. Um, which was not a thing that I had said. <laughs> and uh, this is why it's important that they're, like, holding me by the hand. You know, they sort the of like... The death grip Yeah, the death grip, arm. exactly. And I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, at this point. They're like, Dave, don't go anywhere. And DJ, you just uh, just, just put on put on some nice music. And Dave, you're just going to shimmy out of those tight pants and oh do the burlesque God. routine that you told everyone that you wanted to do. <laughs> Um, I guess, like, at that point, there was no turning back from it. Not too much you, know, you could do, but vice when you're put, no, put in that <laughs> situation. Yeah. Uh, but I did it, and, you know, I, I actually kind of... Uh, did you I was... take off your pants? So, I did. I, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, have, uh, strangely, like, a photo from the photographer, uh, like, oh, from that amazing. show, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I just tried to do uh, the thing that I had seen, like, people on stage doing. You know, I, like, made someone in the front row, like, take off my belt. Oh, take, yes, you, know. you did. Um, okay, and so I was, you had some natural ability. <laughs> I, I had some natural, I think, exhibitionism. I don't think ability was the uh, <laughs> term. was the term to, to call my, <laughs> my level of skill at the time. Um, but you could mimic what you had yeah, seen. I could, yeah, I, I, had, I, had, I had seen enough burlesque shows at that point to be like, okay, if this... in this is the thing that you're supposed to do, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I did it. And I mean, I was wearing this, like, pair of, like, really frumpy underwear. <laughs> that was my next question. How cute were the underwear? Yeah, no, they were not you cute. You not being prepared <laughs> yeah, to no, take was, off your pants. I was, I was not prepared you know, for anyone to see that underwear or expecting anyone to see that underwear beside, besides me that evening. Um, but that's not how it went down, so what oh are you going to do? I love it. Um... But uh, yeah, I did the thing. I did the damn thing. I was nervous as hell, and but also I kind of uh, sparked this idea. Yeah, you're like, oh, that was kind of fun. And uh, I guess I'm like sort of. Uh, I mean, I, there there are two parts to it. Like, part of it is like I'm I'm like I'm just an ambitious person, so I never like think small. So I think the normal rational thing to think would have been like you know like oh maybe i should like get into burlesque um but for whatever reason that is not where uh my mind my brain went my my brain went to like oh maybe there should be like an all-male burlesque troupe that i should start (laughs) (laughs) who have no no theater dance performance experience of any kind oh my god not even theater not even nothing nothing nothing. oh Um, my god amazing Uh, so I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I literally think this at the show, um, and I, like, I turn to the MC who's, uh, having a drink after the evening, and I say to them, I say, hey, are there any, like, all-male burlesque troops around in town that I don't know about? And he says to me, only in my apartment. Um, <laughs> um, 
But it was uh, it was an idea that was sparked during that show. Wow, that's so funny. Yeah, the first time you're on stage, you're like, I need to start a troupe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's because I'm a masochist, I think. But yes, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So, okay, from this idea, then what did so, you like? Did you ever get the thought? Oh, maybe I'll take some dance lessons. Maybe I'll mentor under another performer. You know, perhaps. that sounds really logical. Maybe I'll. <laughs> <laughs> thing I maybe should have done. Um, it, it, that seems like in retrospect, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but that is not what happened. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like completely naive. I did kind of turn to, uh, there were actually like a few people with a lot more experience than me who were very instrumental in helping me figure this thing out. I turned yeah. to, uh, my, uh, close friend, uh, Johnny Walker, amazing, uh, playwright, uh, performer, DJ here in the city. Um, I know, yeah, I know him. Uh, he works with a friend of mine quite often in a performance context. So I've, I've seen Johnny do, yeah, not only burlesque, but a great storyteller too. Like, yeah, really, really great performer. Amazing, brilliant mind. Amazing, yeah. like, writer. Every, he writes all of our shows. I, yeah. Awesome. He's amazing. So, and even back then, you know, he was, he was writing shows in uh, university and a theater program. Cool. And I turned to him and I said, like, what do you think about, like, starting... I have this idea. Like, I want to start an all-male burlesque troupe. And he turns to me and he says, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Can I be involved? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I think he... Do you need a writer? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think, uh, I, you know, part of me wishes it went down that way, but I, I think the actual story, which in some ways I like more, is that, you know, he was like, that's a terrible idea, and uh, I grudgingly dragged him along into it, and he's still grudgingly participating 11 years later. He's still bitching about it. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny, like... This is kind of happening with, like, how I have been such a huge fan of improv, watching improv for so long. My husband's a comedic improviser. I have seen so much improv. So much improv. And no, I've never had any classes. Like, maybe I've dropped in on a class that Matt has taught a couple times, like an intro level class. But basically, it's like, you sometimes you just learn that shit through osmosis. Like, honestly, uh, anytime I do improvise, I'm also kind of begrudgingly doing it because I'm like, ah, it makes me so uncomfortable that I can't plan out anything. I hate it because uh, that's my brain. But honestly, my husband is like, you just, just the volume of shows you have seen, you are so head and shoulders above half the people that, like, I teach in classes. Matt also does, like, this huge tournament that's literally open to anybody. It's the, it's actually the world's biggest improv tournament. And he lets anybody in. And he's like, right away, you're better than half the applicants to this tournament. Like, just because you, that's how your brain works, like you've just seen so much and you're like, Hey, I think I can do that. Like relatively well, I can get by at the very least. Right. I mean, you can't just pick up an instrument and play. You got to like listen to music to have an idea what even you should be playing. Yeah. And even you, you don't maybe haven't developed like the technical skills you've seen enough that you're like, okay, I can, I can adapt to my own style or whatever. Yeah. Maybe this is a thing that 
is supposed to happen in a moment like this, just from my own watching and experience of, of that. You know? Yeah, and same with me, I think, like, the first time I got up on stage to actually improvise, Matt had put my name in a hat for, like, a jam, and I was like, I hate you. <laughs> they call your name, and you gotta get up and do it, right? You can't just stand still and say nothing and not move on yeah, stage. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, actually, this isn't half as scary as I thought it would be, and let's see if there's something here, right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so you and Johnny. <laughs> um, so Johnny tells me it's a terrible idea. Yes. Uh, I pretty much sit on this idea for six months. Um, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, it, it's it's percolating in my mind. I tell my friends, but I just, like, I don't have any experience. I don't actually know what to do with it. And, you know, the one, person, you the one person with experience who is my friend has told me it's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I pretty randomly uh, end up meeting this girl at a bar on my birthday, uh-huh. six months later, and we end up going out on a date the following week. And somehow the conversation uh, turns to burlesque. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprising, like, I don't I don't even bring it up per se. She just tells me about how she's, like, been to New York and, like, seen this amazing burlesque show and how she, like, loves burlesque now and tells me all about it. And I'm like, well, funny you should mention... <laughs> Um, <laughs> and so then we have this whole big conversation about burlesque and I tell her, I'm like, you know, I kind of want to start an all male burlesque troupe. And she's like, you should do it. And I was the first person who like, yeah, you know, like, turned I to need me to hear you this. Like, this and said, exactly... you should do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, not only that, but, um, we end up dating and she's actually, uh, quite uh, an established and amazing uh, arts administrator in Toronto at this time, uh, Ella Cooper. I'll give her a shout out as well. Amazing. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, uh, all of a sudden, uh, someone who has no <laughs> arts administration or production or performance uh, background. <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> I've uh, seen some shows. Is like dating and arts administrator who like may be a little bit in love with me, but also benevolently helping me start this all male burlesque troupe on this administrative and productive side. Yeah. And this other friend who, you know, at this time is just, uh, you know, out of university, but is going to like turn out to be this amazing like playwright. And like that, I know he's super talented. Um, so they, like, I just, they kind of guide me in this process. Um, and we set up auditions Wow. post them on Facebook, on Craigslist. Yeah, it was circa 2000, <laughs> yeah, 2008. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Craigslist you know, list ad- personals. <laughs> auditions, casting websites. And we get a decent number of people coming through uh, these auditions, most of whom see the word, like, all-male like burlesque and get excited about it, but have like no idea yeah. what so burlesque is. So same as is. you, yeah, like kind of no limited experience at least. Yeah, and um, I mean, I still look back at those uh, auditions and marvel because, like, I pretty much found in those auditions like eleven years ago, knowing nothing about performance, but like found people who are like still in the troupe today like wow. still like the most talented the most amazing performers that i've learned so much from um lovely people who like you know uh, like lucky. we don't make wow. enough money to like continue doing this if we didn't like each other just like of like course. great people that we still get along well together um like yeah I, like i don't know how i got so lucky 
um, and I probably would not be where I am today uh, <clears throat> performing at the level that I am performing because, you know, like, I didn't know anything, and I learned from all these people that I, like, through sheer luck got Just, surrounded yeah. by. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, so yeah, we found we found this amazing crew of uh, people. Wow! And we, uh, you know, I I didn't know anything, but I kind of set up. I was like I was like the the guy with the vision, you know. And I was yeah. like I, I I the one thing that I had on everyone is that I had seen a lot of burlesque shows, and so I just had this idea of maybe what it was supposed to be. And once we had like narrowed it down from those auditions process from that auditions process, we sort of <clears throat> invited everyone and asked them to be in the troupe. And we said like, we're going to rehearse for three months and put together things. And then we're going to put on a show and we'll see how it goes. And, uh, mm, they all signed on. Um, and, uh, again, I was like conducting this rehearsal process that I had no idea about. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and so this is one side I'm like, uh, all right, like I kind of explain this vision of what I want it to be and that like we should all take these male archetypes that we see around the city in our daily lives and, you know, uh, create burlesque routines out of them. Um, and so we ended up uh, with like, you know, like a, with cowboys and like uh, cute emo baristas and <laughs> flight attendants and like businessmen and uh oh lord i'm trying to trying to even think uh what else was in that show um memory goes way back um anyways but yeah we we do all of that and i'm also like and we should like try and you know do some group numbers too yeah uh, it's got to open the show and got to <coughs> close the show <laughs> the very least <laughs> And I had no idea what I was doing uh, there either, um, but we somehow threw together this like somewhat topical, uh, at the time, uh, TTC strike group number. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so the, like that process was going on uh, on the one hand, and on the other hand, I was like, I booked a venue and like uh organized some photo shoots um and you know we all like took this photo shoot we created some like promo uh, like and i had never done any of this stuff before and i just really again like but it sounds like you're doing it right i mean i'm doing it on like the one hand i have like johnny here who's like you know i'm like who's kind of like helping me on this side and on the other side i have like ella who's like helping me on the administrative side and um and your vision and between the yeah, three of and you it's like shaping up sounds like yeah it's happening i book a venue and we like put the marketing out there and we actually like sell out uh, it was the gladstone hotel again um and we sell out that venue the first night and we have to add a second night um you can't just do it once yeah it's too no. good to just do it once <laughs> and um yeah basically like somehow the whole thing comes together. I have to put together an act in all of this and like choose a, a name and act. all of the, yeah. Yes, that, yeah. And it, all of this terrifies me. Um, and I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Again, what... <laughs> never have done yeah, this yeah, before. Yeah. Save that one time on stage where a drag queen made you take yeah, off your yeah. pants. <laughs> um, uh, but somehow I, uh, yeah, somehow I do it all. And I think sheer, uh, you know, the one thing I'm uh, definitely good at, even if I'm not always, uh, not always good at the other things, is good at like, <laughs> pushing through the things that I 
don't think I can do or don't know if I can do and just like trying the thing. And so no fear. Yeah. I, I no try, well, not, not no fear. Just like, just like pushing past the past fear. The fear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's over there. It's fine. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> and then 10 years later. And yeah, 11 years later, here I am. Touring uh, the fucking world. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, nothing happened in between, but no, 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 no. Zero. Yeah, yeah, that's where the story goes next, yes. Um, But yeah, yeah, I mean, it has led into, uh, um, I guess, this wonderful thing. And I mean, I, I guess this is like... Uh, you know, I, I get this question a lot, and I feel like this is kind of like an appropriate moment to say it, but it's, uh, you know, uh, I had to choose this, like, name. Um, and, you know, I'd always like the the story James and the Giant Peach, and obviously we use the peach now as the butt emoji, which is, like... Perfect. Perfect. So perfect. Um, <laughs> but it was also, like, I actually also, like, you know, uh, loved that story. And aside from the fact that, like, James and the Giant Pasty was this, like, kind of clever burlesque name... Um, it also turned out to be this somewhat uh, sort of like uh, nice allegory for my uh, burlesque life, which what is, is that. What is the story? <clears throat> so it's I this... know of it. I know the reference when I hear James and the Giant Pasty. I know it's James and the Giant Pasty, but I don't really know. So it's a story. It's a great, like, both movie and book. I encourage you to watch or read. Um, it's a story of a miserable boy uh, living this sort of miserable life with his two aunts, and this, like, magical thing happens. Like, he gets these, like, sort of basically magic beans, I can't remember from who, um, they accidentally, accidentally, like, drops them all and they go on the ground, and the next day, this giant peach starts growing, mm-hmm. and his horrible two aunts try and monetize the giant peach and do tours <laughs> of it, and he just has to work and clean the peach, but then he's out there one night after everything's closed down. And he realizes, he hears a voice, and he realizes that there's this kind of, like, entrance to the peach. Oh. And he meets this, like, giant uh, cast of, you know, in addition to the, to the peach being, like, transformed and made giant, these, like, uh, I think it's five insects are uh, also made, like, giant and alive and can talk. And uh, basically what happens is they go on this magical journey, and so this sort of... Uh, this like one magical moment or thing transforms him and he's introduced to this whole magical character, whole magical group of characters uh, with whom he is, uh, you know, like kind of friends with for the rest of his life and completely changes his life and the trajectory of his life. So it ends up being this like nice allegory for what is in some ways like actually happened to, yeah. Oh my God. And when you think of that (laughs) giant peach as just a big ass, (laughs) it just adds another layer. And uh, yeah, I know this is like an audio (laughs) podcast, but I mean, I do also have a pretty giant peach. So just saying oh my god that's amazing okay we've got to go on a very quick break but i want to come back with uh you know filling in some of the gaps of your amazing burlesque story and then also i've got a bunch of questions that uh some listeners might be interested in as well so let's do that after a really quick break from our fabulous sponsors and we'll be right back with james and the giant pasty Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. 
Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. We, are, of course, are here with James and the Giant Pasty. Hello, hello. Hi, again. <laughs> and we thought um, it might be fun, you know, because now, after all this time, you do actually teach burlesque. I do, yes. How long have you been teaching for? <laughs> I've been teaching for the past five years. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love, I mean, you know, I think, I like to think of it as I'm doing God's work. Of course you are, yes. Bringing little baby strippers into the world. <laughs> Every time a little stripper takes off their first something, something happens in heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how An it An angel jiggles its butt. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so, okay, and you do, like, a lot of beginner boylesque classes. I do, yes. And you do troop-based classes, do you not? Yeah, we just started doing you and a someone kind else of, do uh, a... me and uh, Newfoundland, who's an amazing uh, performer in my boylesque group, uh, just started doing, like, a, a group act class, because... Uh, you know, uh, there are not a lot of uh, groups around that perform, and we thought it'd be fun. Uh, we're used to that from doing it in Boylestio for 11 years. We thought it'd be fun to offer that to some other people as well. Yeah, love that. Um, and what I'd like to ask you, because, you know, there might be some listeners out there that might want to kind of start doing burlesque or start doing boylesque or queerlesque or burlesque, want to be burlesque queers. Uh, and maybe we could start with... Um, what are some of like the common difficulties that like 101 students have? I mean, um, I think probably the, you know, biggest obstacle for just about anyone who gets on stage <laughs> to take off their clothes, to take off their clothes <laughs> is, uh, I mean, you are like naked and vulnerable, yeah. uh, in, uh, both a sort of, uh, uh, emotional and psychological way where you are uh, presenting something that you have <coughs> uh, created in your head or, uh, you know, bring forth from, you know, your brain and your heart. Um, uh, but also literally like You're literally <laughs> naked, naked too. <laughs> and vulnerable. And we have all these like, uh, you know, ideas uh, wrapped up uh, in that and around that. And, you know, the biggest challenge for everyone is just... Is body confidence? I, I, would, I, I wouldn't even limit it to body, though. I mean, that's a huge part of it. And, like, obviously it should be touched on. But just, like, confidence, period. Right. Confidence in who you are, uh, uh, both, like, mentally and physically, and putting that out there into the world, and that that is sexy. Yeah, you're totally right. Like, confidence <clears throat> in your abilities, confidence in your um, ideas your sex appeal, yeah. ev everything, your yeah. desirability, 
Yeah. Yeah. All wrapped up into one. Yeah. How in the world do you go about <laughs> helping somebody not feel self-conscious about all of that? I mean, it's a process. Yeah, first of all. it's like, not going to happen in one class yes. or uh, <laughs> one performance. Even I mean, I think for everyone, uh, even for professional burlesque performers that do this all the time, it still can be uh, a process of totally <clears throat> accepting who you are and uh, loving who you are and being confident in yourself. So uh, I don't totally. think that journey ever ends. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of how you do it, I mean, I think uh, you know, it's really uh, there are like I think two parts of it, and one part is like. You know the the class part where it's you you give people a sort of skills based uh, learning approach where you you know uh, you might not feel like a confident uh, golfer but if you know someone takes the time and uh, sits down and teaches you how to swing a club and you know how to aim a ball then you know you're, you're going to feel a little bit more confident so in, sure. in class obviously I'm going to teach people how to you know tease a costume piece or how to do some basic bump and grind and give them the building blocks to feel confident in uh, the burlesque skill set. So, you know, there's obviously like the, the skills based learning uh, sure. on the one hand. Yeah. <clears throat> Anytime that I've like really felt nervous on stage it's because I'm unprepared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm nervous. On a basic level, if you have uh, learned and practiced your stuff, you're going to be able to do the thing. Um, with more confidence. With more confidence for sure. Um, but obviously there's the second part of that, which is um, more uh, mental and emotional. And, um, you know, uh, that is something that uh, I try to really uh, build up in people um, throughout the course of a class through, uh, you know, creating a supportive and positive environment where we do get like mostly naked in front of each other and show our bodies and, you know, like affirm, you know, the way that other people look and move and affirm, uh, you know, the, the things that are coming out of their brain and, you know, make them feel good about that. I mean, because the reality of it is, is that, um, you know, when you, when you do something, uh, in life or on stage, I don't think it matters. The only block, I don't, I don't want to say there aren't like other external like blocks or obstacles, but the biggest block or obstacle is your own, uh, your own mind. Yeah. And if you can, uh, get over the idea that someone else isn't liking what you're doing and, uh, you know, really like feel yourself. Uh, I like to describe it as almost like, you know, like having that like pants off, dance off in your own, in your room, uh, uh, when no one else is watching. Um, but if you can take that feeling of the essence of, yeah. of that and, uh, feel that in front of other people when you are doing your thing, um, it's going to read because people, uh, people like, you know, no matter what your body looks like, no matter what you're presenting, like, I don't think there's necessarily a lot of inherent judgment until you place that judgment on yourself. And if you can get over that judgment and this idea of other people watching and judging you and present what you want to present and love what you are putting out there, mm -hmm. um, it's a powerful thing and people will respond to that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And what I love about burlesque is for the most part, burlesque is really all about embracing different body types, different sexes, different orientations, uh, different races, e everything, right? Different ages. Like there's, you know, there's other types of like the sex or sex adjacent industry that only show one type of a body. But I feel like for the most part, burlesque isn't that. Burlesque is so welcoming of like whatever you got, it's sexy. 
Yeah, I mean, you know? I don't want to pretend like we don't have any problems in burlesque. Yeah, exactly. But I yeah. do think that like the reason that burlesque is so popular is because, at least in the ideal version of burlesque, there is space for everybody, space for or you know everyone of every different orientation, yeah. body type, race, gender. Um, I'm yeah. probably missing ability, everything, ability, and, yeah. and um, <clears throat> space to celebrate all of those uh, different people and uh, you know in their different presentations. Yeah, and your class is very much about that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, you know uh, I teach uh, uh, a boy last class, and uh, uh, my uh, co-teacher Bon Bombay. Bon Bon Bombay teaches a (laughs) burlesque class and we do sort of separate them by gender while also acknowledging that you know gender is not a binary it's yeah um uh, and the reason that we do that is um uh that you know uh are there are there different um like techniques for you know it's the same art form i mean you know there there are different presentations i would say right. but not necessarily different techniques right um uh but the reason that we separated is like we, we often like so much feel the judgment for whatever reason um in front of the opposite sex in front of the opposite sex uh you know and as the world like queers you know that may be less applicable but um you know uh you know i don't think a lot of women feel comfortable dancing in front of potentially creepy men because of you know the society that we live in but also <laughs> yes. strangely like uh a lot of men don't feel like comfortable like dancing in uh in front of uh women because it makes them more anxious and just having a group of uh uh you know uh like presenting individuals and when i say women and men here there's like i also want to make space for like femme and femme presenting or mask and mask presenting or non-binary folks and we take both in whatever class anyone wants to go to we try not to like uh you know box people in gender wise but also do separate it for the reason of you know that like-minded people uh are able to feel a little bit more comfortable privately in that group first or not like-minded but like at least at a yeah at least at a one-on-one level where people are really like nervous are really nervous just about taking off clothes yeah and specifically for like men and male presenting folk um there's just i mean like you know like guys feel like they have to uh fit into this like macho or you know particular archetype that you know like society and culture has taught us to try and fit into for our entire lives and to have a space where you know you can be yourself whoever that person may be mm-hmm. in whatever that you know sort of presentation or dance style or body type or possibly more emotional emotionally vulnerable or flamboyant or whatever it is uh, to be your, to be able to be yourself in front of uh, other men and not have to like uh you know live in this like uh, macho presenting limited uh, whatever yeah um mask mask for mask, mask present for yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah 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 <laughs> presenting worlds that you know a lot of people uh, grow up in uh is very powerful yeah um and so there's this i think also like the group camaraderie of the classes and going through it with other people who are maybe dealing with some of the same things or similar things is you know it's very powerful and you develop friendships you develop trust and that also helps you develop confidence uh mm-hmm. in yourself as you develop you know you know confidence and friendships and encouragement from other people for sure because okay i love this conversation because i feel like when we talk about uh your style as an artist like uh doing like solo burlesque it is very genderqueer yes you do play with the whole with all the colors yes right yeah. yeah um and i love that because 
uh, you know, when we think of, when we think of, if we're thinking of like male strippers, like yes. Magic Mike <laughs> male strippers, it very much is that just super mask uh, presenting persona. So I love that personally, anytime I've seen you perform, um, that you're, you really are just playing with the whole spectrum. I mean, I think that's the, the wonderful thing about uh, Boylesque is that it's like you really, uh, you're, you're not, you know, uh, you're not boxed in, in the way that you are in definitely, uh, some other like sex work industries, like, uh, For sure. stripping, yeah. which, uh, you know, there are definitely great places. And I don't want to say that like all strippers are boxed in there are, there are great places that are a little bit more, uh, diverse, but generally speaking, they're yeah. looking for a more specific, like thing both you know on every gender uh side of that equation right yeah Uh, totally even for me like in the pro dom kind of industry like we you will get more clients the more femme you look like this high femme like a high severe femme that's what you'll get booked as but i see even even here in toronto like such great diversity as for um like non afab non-binary people or like afab just like more mask presenting people like being out there with their shaved heads and their tats and their um you know and their small titties and their hatred of heels <laughs> and corsets yeah and all that stuff and it's very encouraging to me because i've been doing this only about a year now like professionally mm-hmm. so you know originally i did feel the pull to like have to fit in this like ultra femme box which that's not me authentically so i love that like you know feeling the pull that way and then seeing all this lovely representation of other femmes doing it their own way and me being like oh okay that gives me uh you know all the more permission to present myself authentically in this industry and i love it absolutely i love it too and it's kind of one of the cool things uh i mean about the burlesque industry but also like life in general you know it's like as like you you know learn to be able to do your own thing in the industry that you work in and maybe it's not the traditional thing for that industry or it's not something that someone has traditionally seen but like you create space or you give other people the idea that they can do that thing as well and so you attract like-minded people uh you know like uh to you as like clients friends uh, other colleagues um or in my case like to uh to my classes, uh, you know, I, I get all these like weird and wonderful and like differently presenting people of all types. Um, and, uh, you also like expand what your industry can be in this wonderful way. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Let's talk about your, your new class that you are starting. So what is this class about the troops? And Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, so, Wow, so many words that explain nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like. Yeah, I mean, it's like um. So. <laughs> I uh, often uh, after a uh, boyless to show where we do a lot of group numbers and really fun group choreography and you know having a bunch of people on stage is really powerful and I get people coming up to me after those shows and say, "Oh my god, that looks like so much fun! fun. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I wish I had a troupe." And uh, I always grew up that way, in the, you know, in burlesque, uh, and was really lucky in that sense. That you started that um, way. Yeah, yeah, that I started that way, and always had this uh, other group of people to work with and create with. Because and... it's like a support group. like and, Totally. And also, like, creatively, like, you have so many resources. You're like, oh, they're good at that. They're good at that. They're good at that. They're good at that. I'm good at my thing. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> like, Absolutely. With us all con- yeah. contributing, you know? Yeah. Um, so 
I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if uh, I could do a class that would help uh, people have that experience? Yeah. Um, and so I decided to uh, partner up with Newfoundland, who's an amazing performer, artist, also a choreographer, um, to uh, create a group acts class where uh, mm -hmm. we... Uh, we don't. Uh, we let people choose their groups, but we sort them into groups, and uh, we teach them each uh, a couple numbers that they then present in the student showcases. Um, oh, that's so, fun. so we've been uh, having a great time with this class. It's so much fun to like, uh, just to like uh, put this really fun and dumb and sexy group choreography <laughs> on people, and then they love it because it's you know they're having their fun doing their own first like group uh experience and they have all this camaraderie and uh it's really fun and i can't wait to do it we actually i just came back from that last night and i was like on a high you know we uh you know because i'm a burlesque teacher and super cheesy we dressed everyone up as like a naughty school person <laughs> and they're doing some like big naughty school person at our like you know student showcase uh, number uh, so, uh, uh, so that's a fun. classic yeah archetype, a classic yes. archetype and then uh <laughs> You know, a Newfoundland choreographed this like super dancey, just sort of like more traditional like cabaret-y number, and uh, yeah, so they uh, they get to perform that at our student showcase, which is coming up later in the month, October twenty eighth and 29th. and then uh, I think we take a small break because no one can take classes in November December because it gets crazy, and then we're back in January with beginner classes, group classes, everything. Amazing, oh, yeah, I feel the same thing about uh, me me versus like uh, you know choreographing and working on like a solo burlesque piece for myself and then like because i'm in a little trio called the three tits so i know so like it's just so fucking fun like because becky is funny she is a fucking gas and such a character so like she brings the funny like jeff drink brings like the opulence <laughs> like his drag persona is like glamazon mm -hmm. like amazingness i don't know what i bring something in the middle <laughs> i'm sure i have some good you, things you, that I can i've bring. seen you you have some talents you bring some things to the table <laughs> i always end up like i think i always end up falling into like a really cute dumb persona which says a lot about me that i'm like whoa in front of these two no i can do cute and dumb and get laughs that way <laughs> like, I usually that's what it is but it's like so so fun being involved in a group like that where you're all just I'll have an idea. Often I'll spearhead a number and I'll be kind of one of the main or the main choreographer. But I'm just like, oh, no, if we do this together, like it's going to be 10 times better than I could ever do by myself. Like they just they even if I technically choreograph the whole thing, them just bringing their like their burlesque personas into it is just like it's more it's always more than i could ever have even dreamed of yeah totally yeah. totally i mean having just the different people and the personalities and their you know like yeah. the individual things as you were saying that they bring to it makes it uh so much more yeah, yeah. do you have some favorite numbers uh that you like to do for boylesque to or like in the past ones that you have toured uh, or performed i mean we have a lot we've been doing this <laughs> yeah. for a long time yeah, we old true. as fuck uh, okay, so <laughs> no, let's no. shout out the other members who are currently in your troupe um so we have about like uh eight regular people who are performing with us in some capacity at this point and lots of ancillary members that we love but you know have gotten busy with other life things and we're a huge and big part of our group but you know had to go become like an actual professor or <laughs> an actual... like get married and move to england <laughs> 
Cleveland or, (laughs) you know, I don't know, go become a social worker, do their PhD or, you know, all these different things. Um, Like legit reasons to no longer be as (laughs) much of a stripper. But, you know, (laughs) we still love them. Um, But we have eight people that uh, currently uh, perform and tour with us on a regular basis. Uh, I guess uh, five primary dancers, a uh, stage manager, host all around, badass, uh, two uh, writers and MCs. Um, all right, and I will shout them all out. Okay, so we have uh, El Toro, they, them, non-binary, amazing fucking Love Latinx theater artist of uh, all types. You'll often like catch them at you know f- at all sorts of theaters around town, doing uh, lighting design, set building, all sorts of different types of. Uh, theater things they're actually in a streetcar named desire on soul pepper so yes you can be a stripper and do legitimate theater at the same time um uh but also amazing uh burlesque performer um very funny too yeah yeah very funny very endearing yes um, we have uh, Newfoundland, who is our newest member, uh, uh, you know, who loves to uh, both represent their uh, Newfoundland heritage. Uh, and Nothing sexier than a dance in Newfoundland. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said that. Um, and also bring some, like, amazing, like, dance ability. And, uh, yeah, they're wonderful. <laughs> we have Wrong Note Rusty, um, who just creates the weirdest fucking shit. But I love it. Like, they, uh, they spend... Uh, you know the the act that they've been performing the most recently uh, is this number where uh, they sit on stage in this giant onesie like they're on the couch at home and they eat a pizza for a whole act I and it is so that. sexy but also so like <laughs> depressed and like yeah. it, it's like it, it like it speaks to a place that we have all been totally. but somehow is like so sexy and such an amazing piece of art as well amazing relatable. Um, <laughs> And uh, then we have Dew Lily, and Dew Lily is just like, uh, you know, like my platonic life partner, first of all, (laughs) Um, but also like just an amazingly talented performer that does so many brilliant things. Like, I don't know, I think they have like 35 million numbers. Um, Most recently, they uh, put together this Alberta fossil dinosaur number, (laughs) Um, which was brilliant. But, you know, they also have uh, a baseball player, a bellhop, uh, you know, like (laughs) literally a million numbers. Uh, So talented. And then we have... um, uh, for a while, uh, was uh, just our stage manager, but has slowly transitioned into this performance role as well, where they sing and uh, have also started emceeing as well. We have Shagina Twain, um, nice. uh, amazing, like amazing performer. Uh, Love you know, that like, name, first of all. Yeah, great, <laughs> great name, great name. Um, a little Canadian heritage in that name. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, she has a voice of gold, um, is my stage manager extraordinaire who like organizes everything with like more spreadsheets than you can point at. Um, and then also more recently has like been taken on a hosting role as some of our hosts have gotten busy, uh, busy with a uh, legitimate life and theater things yep. that take them away from us. Um, and has just really like stepped into that role in an amazing way as well. Oh, amazing. I love we- how you have like rotating, like everybody does a couple things so that, you know, if any other circumstances happen where people can't be there, you've got another person that's, yeah. that knows what they're doing. It that. was something we yeah. learned a few years yeah. ago uh, when that's we so just smart. like had to do this touring show and like we did, one of our normal people wasn't there. And so that's when we had to bring like Newfoundland in and get another yeah. person. And we might actually have to get another person. So I don't know. Heads up. There may be a Boylesque 
Tokyo audition. audition in the new year sometime. Keep your eyes out. Uh, but yeah, just to shout out our last two people, we have um, uh, Johnny Walker and Morgan Norwich, uh, Ginger Darling and Bologna Rye in burlesque parlance. Yes. Um, uh, both uh, write and host our shows and do an amazing, amazing job at it. Um, and uh, yeah, chances are, uh, if you come to see a uh, show, a uh, Boyless TO show, it will be one of those two on the mic, and they'll be saying really funny things. Yes, amazing. Oh, okay. So, okay, it's plug-in time. It's plug-in time, James. So let's. Uh, this will probably be out in a couple weeks. Fantastic. So, uh, when are the next classes? Uh, where can we follow you so we can see the next performances? If that's the easiest way to do it, rather yeah, than just yeah. I mean, making you list off all the I can try and list out my. <laughs> dates but it's going to be a long boring time um yeah. uh you can follow me at james giant pasty on instagram that's the best way to to get at me uh you can also follow at boy to follow the troop um both are really good thirst trap accounts like if you want to see some butts like you're gonna see yeah them. you're gonna see some butts, yeah it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be a good time in a general way some fun uh, boomerangs yeah. Butts. yeah yeah um and the other uh main company that i work with is called at tainted cabaret just give them a shout out too and we'll be uh, doing a big u.s uh, spring tour so if you follow them as well you'll catch our dates if you're a u.s listener awesome and as for classes is that all on those as well i will absolutely ones? be uh, advertising my classes uh if you follow uh at james giant pasty at boy sto you'll see them there uh next round will probably be in january so right. any uh let me do uh, just a little psa now for that um you know i like to think of it as a public service if you are someone or if you know someone uh who would potentially look good naked and jiggling <laughs> um <laughs> Please come my way. Uh, the, uh, we have a real shortage of uh, male mask presenting uh, naked bodies in this world, and you know I'm just trying to I'm just trying to like donate to charity and and get those get those uh, naked uh, naked butts out there. So like please you know do this public service send some is, send some male butts my way. It is good work. That male you mask do. presenting non-binary butts. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, love that. Okay. So um, as for my things, I mean the next bed post show does have james and the giant pasty on it yes um and then we've got another show happening on halloween so you got a double dose of bed post this month and um as for podcast thingies you can follow Bedpost at the Bedpost po- podcast on instagram at Bedpost uh erotica on facebook they're all different boggles my mind every time i try to list them off bedpost.ca you can check out the bedpost sex show at gmail.com the bedpost sex show on youtube which we have you know this new fun bedpost product reviews series that we've been working on basically how i'm gonna do it i've just kind of uh decided i'm gonna release eight episodes here take a couple months break and then in the new year come back with some more lovely sex toy reviews with uh funny people i really love this series so please go check it out on our youtube I briefly mentioned my pro-doming, so I'm going to go ahead and say I'm at the Lady Pim one both on Twitter and Instagram as well. And one last huge shout-out, as always, you're hearing original music on this podcast by my good friend Stephanie Copeland. So go check out her music and the rest of her art at stephcopelandmusic.com. 
Lastly, one huge thank you for James and the Giant Pasty coming out here while he's under the weather. <laughs> thank you for having me, Aaron. This is actually really fun. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Can't wait to do the stage show with you. Looking forward to it. Yay! So thank you so much, everyone. Um, oh, Patreon. One more thing. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Bedpost Show if you want to give me your money or your dollar bills. Give Aaron some money. Uh, do it. I, I implore you. Um, and thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will see you next week with another fantastic guest in the studio talking about sex and sexuality. Okay, bye! This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!